welcome to Slacker Moto Radio with Brad and Addison. Based out of the Pacific Northwest, we're talking motorcycles and the motorcycle community, and we're excited to have this hour with you. Here we go. Welcome back, Slackers. Brad, how are you? Oh, I am doing great. Now that I can hear you, we are set. Whew, due to some technical difficulties, we are coming back exactly as we always would. Yeah, yeah, nobody will know the difference. <laughs> but. <laughs> uh, but we but, know, Brad. We I know. know. I know. <laughs> but other than that, uh, no, no new work on the KLR, but uh, this weekend's looking like a prime day for it. I uh, did work on getting some more wiring done in the carport. So that okay. way I could be able to see, be able to plug in a few different things. Uh, still got quite a bit more to do. Want to do the lights up top, but uh, I think I've got a game plan for that. But it'll probably be on hold for a little bit. Got to uh, start collecting some piece parts for it. And then, uh, yeah, I don't know. But I'm more excited to hear about some of the news that uh, the rumor mill's been throwing around regarding you and uh, fulfilling my prophecy. Whoa, 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 whoa. We're not there yet, all right? Okay, I'm just saying. I don't know why you're trying to hold out. Now it's going to be awkward when you start talking about it. I, I made a nice transition for you. People are going to be turn, you know, turning off their podcasts now. I just trying to help you that's out. That's true. Uh, how would that be different than any other day? It wouldn't. It wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, so it's supposed to be a good weekend. You're going to work on the KLR, or are you going to go uh, figure out how to get a, a Vulcan home? I don't know what I'm doing. I, I really want to get uh, the valves um, lapped on the KLR, replace those uh, valve stem seals. So I, I really want to jump into that before another home project hits. And it's uh, coming up pretty quickly. I'm trying to build out. Uh, custom closet so i really need to get going on the motorcycle so i have a, i have an excuse not to be in there doing closet stuff that my <laughs> wife wants even though I'd, I'd like to see that too because i won't have to deal with all the clothes and how they're currently arranged but uh, anyway that's not motorcycle related no that, that's fair i yeah that that relates directly into your nice uh smooth transition earlier that uh, i've been Plugging away on trying to make sure I've got a reliable machine out of a a new uh, a new uh, contribution to the DSR. Okay, well, so so you're out. I mean, when you say DSR, you know, I'm assuming everybody listened last week. Uh, the dual Talk support. About rage when we created an entire. Oh, come on! What we created created an entire new language last week with our discussion on the DSR. The Dual Sport Revolution. I think you could call it a rage, too. Fine. Whatever you want yeah. to call it. You're the boss. I don't know if that's true, but I appreciate you thinking so. Anyway, so so you, <laughs> how are you contributing? You, you uh, started giving out money to everybody that's riding around on DSRs. Uh, what, what do you, what is, what's going on here? What are you trying to tell these people? You already know, but uh, I joined the revolution. I'm part of the problem. You did donate money to a weird cause, didn't you? I, that's basically what happened here. Uh, well, yeah, I donated money to, to somebody else moving up in the cause to uh, 
a brand new uh, GS1250, but in return, ended up with a brand old uh, DR650, an old 93. So uh, pre-96, kind of the year that nobody knows or talks about, um, seems to fit my personality. Okay, okay, yeah, and you told me a little bit about it, but uh, how did this all, how, how did you find out about this motorcycle? Because it wasn't just like your neighbor, for one, and then two, you know, kind of general area where you had to go, what that entailed, and kind of where you are with the bike. I mean, give us a little bit more of a rundown. Oh, we're going story time? Is that yeah. what you're saying? I don't know where right. else you want to go. It's not nap time. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I wish. Um... Although I hear when we speak, a lot of people think it is nap time, but we'll leave that for another day. <laughs> I think that's the only reason why they listen, but anyway. Uh, hey, a listener's a listener, man. <laughs> but to get back into story time, we, uh, yeah, so looking a little bit, now I don't, I'm not quite as active, but had kept an eye out on the uh, the typical ADV forums, and there's, a, of course, each region or location's kind of got its, its setup where they can you know, see what's for sale and, and whatever else is going on. You're talking on. about like Craigslist so, or are you talking? Or no, you uh, the actual. It's very big. It's really awkward. No, the actual ADV forums. Okay. Okay. I'm talking our classic, what everybody knows, Adventure Rider, right? This is okay. the specific forum. Um, but yeah, it was just kind of uh, vaguely on that, but actually got uh, turned to it by uh, a good friend of the show, Dennis, mentioned uh, an old DR that he saw pop up on the uh, kind of the the sale section uh, there of the forums. So kind of poked at a little bit, learned a little bit about it, kind of tried to get as much information as I could from the flea market there, uh, specifically the gentleman selling it. We ended up touching base back and forth a couple times because it wasn't necessarily close. You're not wrong. It wasn't my neighbor. Ended up being about 130 miles north um, of where I'm at. So it was a good couple hour drive up to go get it. But after going over kind of what was going on and, and the symptoms and what his story was, it seemed like a pretty reasonable opportunity to go up and look at it. And, you know, although 120 miles to some is, is the end of the world and back, I, I really like driving. So for me, it was just a fun adventure. I ended up taking my son along with me and, and we just went up north and, and went to go check it out, right? If it was everything that I believed it would be, then it's an easy choice. If it wasn't, then it was a fun adventure and we'd come home. Right, right, but I mean, no, the way that it was listed, I know you haven't got into it too much, but it, the guy had tried to start it and had talked about, and it didn't, it wasn't startable right now, and he'd ridden it for a while, and I mean, it was it was one of those listings where it was almost questionable, to say the least, where you'd want to go check it out, but what do you do when you go check it out? I mean, when you saw a listing that said that it doesn't run, and you went up there. I mean, how did you decide that, yeah, this is worth going for? So a lot of it came from, of course, just looking over the bike. Um, you know, there, there was a number of additions uh, or add-ons or changes to the bike that were made from previous owners. I know uh, he kind of talked about the guy that owned it before him uh, as well, but put certain things on. Um, so just kind of looking at what the bike had, what it came with the quality of the parts that were on it, right? Obviously, it wouldn't run or start or anything like that, but you could go through and and the brakes were good and it had a newer chain and, and the suspension felt right. And, you know, you could tell it wasn't, based on how it was, it wasn't like it was, you know, a show bike or loved and adored in a in a clean, climate-controlled room, 
However, it was also not, you know, obsessively abused. It wasn't thrown over and dumped into a ditch. Really looks like the guy did some dirt roads and then did a lot of like street touring on it, which for a DR is it's pretty minimal use other than a little higher RPMs. So Right. And the modifications you know, and the updates that you uh, referenced and the things that you saw that were good were not related to the starting. So somebody in the near past had been investing time and money into updating it as if it had been running. Things that you wouldn't be working on potentially unless it was running. Yeah, basically all these upgrades were, uh, you know, were things that, that you would do if you were parking it and you had ridden it every day. You were using it often, and and it looked like that was the case, that he was using it a tour kind of through through the Northwest, go back and forth to different locations, um, mainly on the road, and was definitely using it a lot. I mean, it has roughly uh, roughly 30,000 miles. It's definitely not a low-mileage bike. It was obviously used and loved. Um, but yeah, that's exactly right. You know, a new chain, new brakes, those aren't things you put on when you're, you know, when you don't care about safety or a good functioning vehicle. Those are you know, items that you upgrade because you're using the bike and you want to be able to stop and go and not, not wreck. So. Right. Now, did, did you try to turn it on? Did you try to turn it over, kick it over or anything else? I mean, I did, I could tell, you know, it it would kind of burp and and try a little bit. Um, You know, yeah, we'll get into it a little bit later about kind of my thoughts on that. But, um, you know, I tried to kick it a couple times and it, it seemed like it would want to fire up. It didn't seem like it was, you know, bad. It, it definitely had, you know, compression. You couldn't kick it without the compression release valve. It was, you know, I, that's not a quantifiable number, but it also wasn't, you know, a blown valve or anything like that that would be catastrophic. So, you know, it was worth worth looking at that. It was also a lot of it goes into talking with the previous owner, right? Um, via text and, and on the phone a little bit. And our previous conversations before heading up were, you know, it's hard to read someone via you know, the, the text and phone and, and not in person. And that, that's probably one of the things that, that really makes things more difficult for business and whatnot during COVID. But, um, you know, going there and talking to the gentleman and actually having the conversation about the bike and seeing what he did and all the information he shared and, and all of that, you know, one, you can generally get a better sense of, of honesty of what we're talking about. And two, you know, I could very much tell that, that he did love the bike, right? That he took care of it, that, that it was something he wasn't he wasn't getting rid of to, to flip for a penny or wasn't getting rid of just to just to dump on somebody that that he was buying a new bike and, you know, just didn't need this anymore. Doesn't meet what he wants to do. He's doing more long distance touring, hence the, the bigger BMW he's looking to ride. Right. He didn't want to deal with some of the other networks that he could have used to sell the bike. Uh, I think a lot of people probably would have just posted it on, on OfferUp or Craigslist or some equivalent like Marketplace, I guess. But uh, he, he just wanted to deal with somebody that had been active maybe in the forum, which is kind of cool in itself, but I've seen some pretty decent forums in the past that were all about taking care of their members. And although this may not be taking care of a member, it was uh, making it very affordable for somebody to get involved that wasn't afraid to get a little dirty along the way, you know? Yep. And it, it was definitely one of those, yeah, situations of, of being able to have a vehicle to 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 use and, and love and not, right, not just do something dumb with or, or flip for a buck, as well as, you know, that, that also, as the buyer, gave me a, lo- a lot more confidence initially or right off the bat of knowing, hey, you know, obviously this is a group that you can't really hide later, right? He's an active member as well, and, and if you do something stupid or or in bad taste, 
that's going to struggle to, uh, you know, to keep active or, or whatever friends, or whoever he's made over the internet uh, via the forum, that's going to be a, a problem, right? If, if he's doing something stupid. So it allows kind of both of us to be a little more honest, which is nice. Right. At least, uh, I don't know, allow is not the right word, but enforces that, right? Reinforces sure. that honesty to know that, uh, you know, you're not, you're not dealing with somebody that, you know, changes their name on Facebook every week to sell something. All right. So you gave this guy $6,000 for a bike that wouldn't run. And then you, you rode it home. Threw it in the truck and drove it home. Yeah. All right. I know that's not what you meant, but. Okay. Okay. So then that's not the end of the story. I know that. Uh, okay. So you got it home. You got a new bike. <laughs> bike one of two fulfilling half of the prophecy. Um, I'll, I'll take that as a win so far. I mean, we're the second month of the year and you've already bought one of the bikes that I predicted you would. So, okay. So you got a new bike. You get it home. You've spent, you know, half the day or more driving up to get it and back. Uh, so you you were able to spend some time over the weekend, though, actually maybe, you know, looking into what was going on and trying to get it started. I mean, how, how did that go and where did you start? So, yeah, the story definitely, definitely grows from here. Uh, basically did some really simple, um, you know, simple, basic items on the... Uh, on the bike, for example, drain some of the drain the fuel, put some fresh fuel in it, uh, and then charge the battery with my battery tender that I've got. So, um, really, nothing crazy. Just tried to resolve the initial right. These are the problems that I'm pretty sure is all that's hindering it from being a reliable runner. That's kind of how the conversation went. Um, sure. And so, you know, I, I knew I couldn't get the battery to hold a charge or really be a reliable battery, but I could probably get it to keep 12 volts maybe 13 if I'm lucky, if I just set it on my tender to hold it there, right? Just enough to get it kicked over and, and have some extra support as I'm trying to kick the bike because it is kickstart only, but but there's some support from the battery there and, and adding a little spark to the to the plugs. No, I definitely noticed a difference on the KLR. I, I would have some odd symptoms. So I tried running it without a uh, battery because it also was uh, yes, kickstart only. only, right? And so you're like, well, I don't really need the battery except for maybe um, stabilizing the, the voltage and amperage to lights and, and other components. But I definitely had some odd symptoms when I would try to run it like that. Uh, usually it would start pretty good, but the biggest issue was like weird things that would happen when you try on your blinkers and other things. So, so I ended up putting in a battery after a period of time. I, I'd consider doing a, an ultra capacitor or something like that. Uh, but um okay so your intent is to keep the battery in there though you're not trying to go for lightweight i'm assuming or would that be something that you're going to consider in the future no i intend to, to have a battery i think uh you know i've got a dirt bike so this is the ride to the trails have it be a reliable road, road yeah, but machine you don't need a battery much. to do that is what i'm getting at and it's actually uh, to do it safely it, it definitely helps to your point the the signals don't work right um or they intermittently work and the headlights, you know, dim, bright, dim, bright. So, it, you, you know, if it you doesn't... put a capacitor in there, it wouldn't do that, though. That's fair. That's fair. But no, no problems in leaving the battery. We'll we'll go that route. But it. Uh... So, yeah, anyway, got got the battery kind of charged up and, and got some fresh fuel in it and really kind of spent a few minutes kicking it over and it ran. Right. Not too Ooh. many problems. Ran OK. Had it in the. You know, just in front of the garage running for a minute and 
at that point kind of put it away and decided, hey, next next moment I get, let's take it out for a spin. So the next day, didn't do any more work, just kicked it over. Uh, after a little bit of work again, it's not kicking, you know, as easily as it was new, I'm sure. But um, I think a lot of that, I guess we were talking about getting into it. A lot of that comes from it, it is a bit of a game uh, with the 650 high compression, big, big engine there. You know, you read online or look online at, at people teaching how to kick over the the pre-96 DR650s. And, uh, you know, it's kind of a song and dance you have to learn with that bike. So I, I don't think I'm there yet. Uh, I still struggle a little. I mean, I can get it running, but it's not easy. Uh, it's not first, second kick like the guys that have been doing it forever. Uh, really, I think that just comes with getting the system down and the, the process down correctly um, such that it's not. I'm not missing the right top dead center stroke and right. There's, there's tricks to getting it set up. So it kicks in one kick sure. that, uh, that I'm not necessarily hitting that target every time. So th- there's a little bit of that, but it seemed to run. Okay. So I, uh, threw on some gear and went for a ride, Ooh. uh, just rode around town. Nothing, nothing far, right. Didn't want to get stranded outlaw. miles. From, yeah. Well, half outlaw. Half. <laughs> I was legal. I think, I think you were two thirds <laughs> outlaw. Can I say that? Maybe, maybe, but, okay. uh, went just around the neighborhood, you know, around more than the neighborhood, went around town and, and then went to go fill up the tank rather than just the gallon I put in it, fill the tank with, with fresh fuel and then, uh, stopped and got some groceries just to, to have a good excuse to be out on it. And, that's right. And, and then, uh, couldn't get it running after the grocery store. Just what? couldn't kick and kick and could not get the thing. Okay, to start. okay. So you had just got fuel and had. Turned it off, I'm assuming, as you were getting fuel, and then kickstarted yep. it, ran fine. You went directly from there, a quarter went of a, a mile, quarter mile or something, yep. to a grocery store. You go inside for 20 minutes, you come out, it doesn't start. And can't can't start it. Uh, got it started right out of the, so I guess it's a little longer story. Got it started in the parking spot, oh. um, kind of walked it back, right, and then headed out, and then got cut off by somebody who backed out right in front of me. Stalled oh, the bike, that's nice. you know, lit up the, the clutch and, and brakes, but the bike stalled and then I couldn't get it to run again. Kicking, kicking, kicking. Some of that may be exhaustion from kicking it a few times throughout the day and me not being used to that. Some of it may be, like I said, the technique, um, but definitely it wouldn't start easy. I'll tell you that much. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, basically ended up doing the walk of shame. Pushing her home. Luckily, we don't live too far from the local store, so okay. uh, it wasn't the end of the world, but definitely an exhausting day. And and let me tell you, you don't need a gym membership if you just push your bike around the neighborhood all day. Oh, you should start doing that regularly. I thought about it just to get into good shape and, and be ready for any experience, right? It's the, I, it's I the, it. it's the poor man's e-bike, right? Completely silent. Yeah, it's the, who needs a, a Peloton? Peloton or whatever that's called. What? A Peloton? I think that's what it's called. The, you know the Peloton, the new pedal bike revolution or whatever it is that's hitting the workout world. You don't need that. You just push a dirt bike around town. What are you even talking? You've lost everybody talking about... Oh, everyone knows what that is. Okay. Write in. If you if you know what that is, send us a message. Prove Brad wrong. Okay. Nonetheless, um, spent some time. So at, at that point, bought a new battery. Uh, so my, my assumptions on this were, you know, either carb carb related, it had plenty of gunk and crap sitting in the bottom of the bowl that had now gotten stuck in the, in the jets or oh, it was fine. Okay. Um, 
you know, something related to that, to bad, the bad fuel that was in there or less so bad fuel, but the, the slime and gunk from six, seven years of, of lack of use that there's, you know, deposits and whatnot in the bowl of the carb that had floating up and gotten in the way. Sure. Um, so there's that thought. My other thought, of course, was that after running it, because the battery is so bad, it's not taking a charge well from the stator. And so wasn't getting that extra support by the end of the day. Okay, uh, how many know, amps after, did it have at the end of the day? Or what was the voltage? I didn't check that. I did check what? it after. Uh, and it was running 11.8. So definitely wasn't full charge. Should be sitting basically 13 unused in a bike. So Yeah, you shouldn't have had an issue if it was 11.8. I'll say that. Yeah, but... You know, that's after I, I charged it and let it sit for a day afterwards. So who knows what it was at that time, right? That's I guess what I'm saying is I don't know what it was then, yeah, that's especially horrible, with the lights. That's a horrible experiment. It's useless information. With the key on and, and me kicking for as long as I did there, you know, who knows how much kept going. Because I did notice about every second it dropped 0.1 volt. So right now, at when, that you, point, when you turn on the ignition well. to be able to kickstart it, the headlamp comes on, right? Correct. Headlamp comes on, taillight comes on. Right, that's the only thing that's really pulling a bunch of yep. leverage. But it was, you know, 0.1 per second seemed a bit excessive, such yeah. that it was it was really pulling a lot of power out of that battery, or the battery just wasn't holding, right, the amp power. <laughs> okay, so, so you bought a new battery, reduced. though. So got a new battery. Okay, so uh, you know, did the whole did the whole setup, did all that, and it started okay, a little, little difficult to start, but again, I think that's my technique. Um, rode it around the neighborhood, and for no good reason around the neighborhood, stalled out just after a couple of loops and was running a bit rough. Interesting. So. And this is after you've already cleared out the gunk that you found in the bowl. No, I have not done anything with the carburetor. All I did was install the new battery. Oh, so you, you drained the gunk out of the bowl of the carburetor. If by drained, you mean I loosened the drain screw so that it could drip out of the hose. Yes. You just said that you were seeing gunk. So I didn't know if that was as a result of. No, I wasn't seeing gunk. That's an assumption. No. So next step is I'm actually going to take the carb off and, and do a cleaning on it. I've got the tools. I've got the the mechanism. That's the next step here. Because okay. um, it definitely at this point is feeling like a fuel and or air concern. Yeah, uh, but my also, biggest issue with that was that it ran so well. I mean, just trying to think through this, the last thing that I would tell somebody to do at this point would be to check out the carb if they were able to run it really well for, you know, a few hours and it wasn't having any uh, it wasn't a few hours it was maybe 15 20 minutes okay even still unless there was a lot of gunk that was sitting in and, the and that's my thought the that as the fuel broke everything started. apart and started then sucking it up yep yep that was my thought on that so we'll see i'll pull it off see what the bowl looks like if it's pretty clean then we're done and i won't do any anything extra than spray a little bit of cleaner in there and call it good sure if uh you know if it looks like crap we'll we'll disassemble and fully clean so we'll see what it looks like Sure, sure. Okay. Probably remove the jets and clean those out individually just because that's easy to do, right? Especially on, on these bikes where you could actually... Technically, I could do that without pulling the car. It's got the screw at the bottom. I could pull that jet without any any real work. Sweet. Um, but I'd rather just do the whole... I've got the technique. It's not that hard. All right. So there um, goes the Gladiator getting done this year. Uh, no. Projection. This is a day's worth of work. Oh, yeah. It sounds like you're done, too. Well, we're almost done. Yeah, okay. so... That's the other conversation is in that 20 minutes of writing, there was a clear indication that if you ripped the throttle hard, uh, that the clutch would slip pretty bad. And so that's the other thing that it definitely needs clutch plates at the very minimum, if not, uh, you know, the steel plates in between. So 
Interestingly enough, the full kit with springs and steel plates, incredibly difficult to find. Uh, wear pads, not so bad. So uh, we've got... Is like I have on Partzilla, or are you trying to look through like... So uh, this is like an EBC kit. Uh, there is a kit for it, but EBC doesn't have it in stock. You know, all of the manufacturers don't have it in stock. My local, uh, you know, Motoco here locally can't get one. Uh, but you can EBC buy each of the individually individual but, parts through parts. So from EBC, I picked up the the wear plates. If there's no scoring, glazing, or bluing on the steel plates, we'll just replace the. You know, if they're clearly just worn shot, then we'll just do that. If there's you know any issues with the steel plates, then from Partzilla I can get factory steel plates and springs for sure. an exorbitant price. So okay, there's now, just not kits. Like that's the biggest issue that yeah. I have with the KLR is that yeah. I can find parts for it, but I can't find easy kits. Like, hey, I'm going to do the clutch. Oh, well, you buy this, right? And, and Partzilla, you know, the OEM may have had a little bit of that, but it's not like oh, I'm going to do a top end or something like that. They have a full set of everything that you yeah. need. Same concern. Being, I mean, that's kind of how I started with the the lesser known and lesser owned pre ninety six dr. Just doesn't have the same, you know. You say dr six fifty, and everyone's like, "Man, there's just parts and and accessories available everywhere." Well, pre ninety six is a slightly different machine and a lot less support there. So, how long was it in production? The first I was in production with a handful of changes from ninety to ninety five. Oh, okay. So that's a lot shorter window. Okay. A lot shorter window. Yeah. Otherwise, we're talking what ninety six to like twenty ten or whatever. Sure. The ninety six went forever, uh, and that's the one that was basically unchanged. Now this has a different uh, balancer chain setup. It requires a little more work. You have to actually have to pull the uh, the stator cover and then adjust the chain underneath. That's the only way to do it. You're supposed to do it every oil change. Uh, so that's another thing that it could very well be that that chain's a little loose. Well, uh, I started with it. that. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Yeah. We've got to make sure it runs and have a little fun on it first. Yeah. That, that's what gets you excited to do all the rest, right? When you can get it running, you got to at least oh, take no, it No, no, no. I think you've done exactly what, you, what I would have done. I would have gone through the process of can I get it to want to start to start so that way I can at least hear how it's running, what it's doing, and, and you've you've – in your 20 minutes, even though it, at the end of the 20 minutes, it was no longer um, rideable, you ascertained a lot of information about how the bike was doing and maybe what it needed, including, oh, look, hey, we got clutch slippage. We've got maybe some issues with it wanting to stall. We've got a battery problem. Like, But I know it will run. And so if I tackle each one of those things individually, I can reduce the number of variables. Well, and having to deal with based on initial tests, right? It's easy enough to test a battery, right? Charge it, check the voltage, make sure it took the full charge. Okay, it got close. It didn't get to thirteen point two like it normally will with my charger, but it got to you know twelve point eight. And then you know check it a couple hours later. Oh, whoa, it's dropped to twelve point three. Okay, it's not holding a charge. Battery shot. Known issue. That's only like a small piece of battery. Like even doing a draw on a battery, like if if you were to plug in. A, a normal halogen bulb and you were to check the voltage of the, the voltage drop of trying to run that like if it can't handle that even though it takes a charge and it kind of holds it your battery's shot anyway sure so there's a couple different scenarios there but you did the right well, thing. okay yeah yeah it was pretty well known i mean he was pretty aware if you turned it on you could watch the bulb dim right with the old battery i mean you, you could tell that once it had a draw on it it was quickly losing that power you know, you let it sit for five minutes and you'd have no power left. 
So there was no question on that. And that needed to be replaced, right? Riding it, you could tell the clutch needs some work. Um, you know, so that's an easy enough choice to do is replace that. You know, you, you look at a couple of other things and you just know that they're normal wear items, right? The the balancer chain, a new oil change with filter, uh, air filter cleaning. So, you know, nothing nothing outside of the norm or what would need to be done anyway there, which allows me to know that, you know, run run about five, six things and we should be basically fully maintained, fully up to where it should be today anyway, plus a couple of wear items from, you know, from having 30,000 miles like a clutch. I, I, it's not really a shock that a bike that's been ridden a lot of freeway like that would have would need a clutch about now. 30,000 miles, why not? I'm yeah. not, uh, you know, not surprised, shocked, or or concerned. And I got, like you said, I got a pretty good deal on it, such that, yeah, you know, part of the part of the game. You got some fucking money left. That's right. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing more of this. Uh, I am a little disappointed that I didn't get to hear some more Gladiator results or some of these uh, JTs. Oh, the front suspension's all done. Okay, is it put together? Is it running? Yep. No, for the for the JT one, front suspension's complete. Uh, all new seals. Uh, bearings, I guess it doesn't have bearings, seals, O-rings, uh, gaskets, and a new uh, dust cover, fully painted, custom, uh, clear-coated. It's it's done, ready to go. Nice. Okay. So, okay. so those are ready. The triple one. clamp is painted. So next is triple clamps painted. I actually painted and co- clear-coated the, uh, the frame, all the frame members on that. I got all that done. So, yeah, next step is... Uh, bearings for the triple clamp for the, the steering bearings and then uh, mount that up and I should be able to throw some tires on and have a rolling chassis. Nice. So that's pretty close, actually. That one's moving along fairly well. All right, so where's the motor at on that one? Is it still in rebuild? Nope, motor's done, put back together, sitting uh, sitting on the bench in a bag, ready to go. In a bag of parts? Needs oil. No. Oh, oil? No, come on, man. There's, you know, open intake on it. I'm not going to leave that just sitting on a dusty bench. I'm being facetious. I got to cover that up. You know me. Okay, so you got electrical on the bike. Is that the biggest hurdle you have coming up? Uh, that doesn't have much for electrical. Basically has a, uh, uh, your, oh, good night. What am I drawing a blank here? Your coils. It basically has two coils. And that's it. I mean, there's not much going on on that bike. Kickstart, two-stroke. There's not much happening. No lights, no, no anything, <laughs> except <laughs> except power from the stator up to the coils and from the coil to uh, to the uh, spark plugs. That's well, to it. that point, it wouldn't handle having additional accessories on there with the setup. No, yeah, nowhere to put it. So, yeah, electrical's good there. There's nothing I need to do other than remount everything to where it went. Okay, well, that's good. That's good. So yeah, that one's moving. I, I mean, we're kind of getting in the weeds here, but that one's moving and. GL hasn't had a ton of work. I actually made some custom badging. Uh, that's all coming and ready, so i got to paint that up, and I'll start mounting. Uh, I've got bars, uh, new buttons, new controls, right, for the handlebars, so I can start start setting up the electrical. i got to make a good tray for the battery and uh, and those components first. But uh, that one, you know, that, that's going to take some time. That one needs some more. needs some love still. But, yeah, things are moving there. I think more importantly than all of that news, because nobody cares anymore, we just spent a half hour talking about the uh, an old DR650 that nobody else is ever going to buy. Edison, buy um, another bike. Woo-hoo. I know. Everybody's bored of that conversation. But uh, what I want to know is what your thoughts are on Harley right now. What are my thoughts on Harley? Yeah, I don't really know. I know that they had an event on the 26th. We were like fumbling all over that last week trying to figure it out. But that was, uh, I think we had already passed the date. 
There's another one coming up here pretty soon. Sounds like they've got some different um, buzzword uh, programs, <laughs> if you will, that they're touting. And uh, you know, one of them is Hardwire and that they're going to have a special uh, uh, segment just for uh, e-bikes. I just don't really know. I think a lot of things are unfolding. I don't think that anything's really horrible. I think a lot of people are pretty disappointed that they've decided to hold off or suspend um, production and development of like the Bronx and some other bikes. But then there's also some other teasers that were provided at the end of the video segment for those that stuck around on some bikes that may be coming in the near future. So I... I don't really know. I'm trying to get a feel for it. I mean, I saw that they changed their dividends, increased that by 650%, which is usually like a really weird thing that uh, a company will do when they're in the stock market. And, uh, it's, uh, you know, usually like a red flag when they increase that much. So I just don't know. I mean, what do you, what do you think about it? There's <laughs> just been in the last year, there's been so many conversations and changes and ideas and, they're definitely not, you know, sitting on their laurels as much as we would have expected, maybe. But it's also not. I, I like that you mentioned buzzwords. It's not anything that's necessarily shocking either. They're just making sure that they're still in the news, right? Um, yeah. Things are coming out, and there's yes, we're still going to do the Bronx. No, we're not going to do the Bronx. I think the biggest shock, or maybe not shock, that the biggest thing I took away from from the last bit of information was. Uh, you know, the, that there's a whole department and a whole setup now to continue growth of the electric market. So they're planning to really go beyond live wire and, and push more electrics out. So, I, you know, I think that's good. They're about the only, you know, big lasting OEM, uh, you know, with, with history and motorcycles that's really pushing the electric game right now. So, so I think that's cool. Um, but, it, you know, I don't know. It's very interesting, and it and it makes me it makes me almost turn off the Harley switch when they start talking because I don't you know it, what they say may not come to happen or what you're right it may change in three months who knows yeah I so. know that we've dealt with that personally you and I <laughs> in other areas of our lives but uh, it really does make it I mean that kind of, that kind of mentality happens for people that are really interested. I mean, that are diehard Harleys, it doesn't matter what's being said. They're going to get excited about anything. And even if it changes, they don't care. They just want to hear something. They want to hear it. For those that are watching it and really just curious and wanting to see what's Harley going to do, I want to get excited about this brand. I want to get involved. I want to get on one of these uh, bikes that they've been talking about. And then they kind of go back and forth. Man, I'm... I'm, that's not even going to be in my brain. If it takes too long for it to get developed, for it to actually be in production, and be able to go out and sit on it in a production uh, or on a on a on a sales floor, then I'm I'm going to start looking at other bikes, right? I, maybe you'll hold off if you're really that excited about it. I mean, people do, you know, get really excited and they'll wait. I mean, we saw seen that with Teslas and people buying, you know, you know, early pre-orders for the the Hummers, you know, the Hummer EV, and you know, the, I'm, I'm just throwing out a few different examples here, but I, I don't know how, I don't know how Harley's going to turn their but it's pretty young. I'm, I, I know we're kind of being critical with them, but a lot of what we're basing our our thoughts about 
and talking about now is based off of what they were talking about doing last year before they had a big reorganization and vision change, right? And so as much as I want to think about and compare where they are now with where I thought that they were going, I don't really think that's fair for the company either. I think that's true. And and I'm okay with that. I, you know, I, we know that they're going to keep coming out with what's, you know, what, what sells, right. And we're not going to lose the items that, that are most sold and loved on a Harley, Harley platform, at least at this point. Right. Right. And so, you know, Harley's going to be Harley, but I, I want to see something come out new. Um, and I know that, you know, other manufacturers aren't necessarily reinventing the wheel, right. You look at the Trident 660 and it's an, it's a 19, you know, or sorry, a 2010 street triple with some changes, right. It's not like they're reinventing the wheel with these bikes coming out. There are a couple of new things for triumph and a couple of new things, obviously Cowie, the, the KL, the new KLR coming out. It's not reinventing the wheel. They're not, they're not changing the motorcycle game from other manufacturers, but at least they're releasing new stuff that is at face value different than what existed before. Yeah, but we we say that, and I don't think either of us have been following Harley that closely. There's been a lot of updates like that on their bikes, on their wheelhouse of, of offerings that do really well in the market. It just happens to be that, that, uh, Harley does not have bikes in all of the segments. And so we're overly critical on them because they don't have something that's following the DSR. And we don't have something that's following uh, the street bikes and, and other things. And so, and, and that's what a lot of people are really like, I guess, uh, maybe, I don't want to say millennials, but people that are maybe a little bit younger, different generation than those that originally you know, bought into all of these uh, Harleys, you know, maybe the baby boomers or others. I mean, they're not the, that the generations that we have now that are making the purchases are really open to a, a vast array of different motorcycles. And a lot of OEMs have some awesome bikes out there. Right. And, and Harley does too. And I'm not trying to put them down, but, uh, what I'm trying to say is they've made a lot of upgrades on the Harley. You look at a 1990s versus 2020. And although there's uh, it's maybe the same platform, but there's quite a few differences. I mean, if you look at one aesthetically within the same product line, you're going to go, Oh yeah, that's different, right? They've changed this. They've done this. They've upgraded these things. Oh, the HUD is different. Right. But uh, what we're wanting and what I guess that the reason why we have this issue right now, where we're even thinking about it, is because there was a lot of hype about Harley was going to do something different. They're going to they're going to join the how are they going to join the party? Are they going to be the guy that's really awkward when he gets there or is they're going to be like is that what's going to get it really riled up and people are going to get excited and this is going to, you know, the revolution's going to take place. And we just haven't seen that. And so people start to, you know, their emotional roller coaster as you're waiting for this to happen. And I think we're just wore out to your point. Well, that's, you know, 2017, we got the Milwaukee 8s, and that was a big change, right? That As Harley goes, that was a big adjustment, a new you know, model year, whatever you want to call it. That, that changed the game for Harley. But, you know, we're now four years later, and we haven't really seen anything. Uh, you know, the live wire was coming out, I guess, so we got that. Um, right, but that was roughly was around really, the same time. Really unattainable as far as cost is concerned. Sure. And uh, it was roughly and, and, around that same time. Yeah. 
So it wasn't anything that, that, you know, it's been a number of years since we've seen anything, you know, new come out. And they've got enough different products that, that we should be seeing something new and different. You know, the FXR, I guess that's fair. They had their, well, I think it's the FXR, but their more sporty version came out sometime within there. So there have been a few things. And I think you're probably dead on that there's just not, their lineup isn't quite as vast as some other manufacturers such that you can't have every year or two something new, unique and different come out. Because you've got, you know, four or five different platforms. So when you've only got that, it's every four years, right? It takes twice as long when, you, when you've got four platforms to, to release something than it does for a company that's got nine platforms, right? You, you can be changing and moving a little quicker and not can be. You have to be because you're carrying such a vast portfolio. Right. And, and I think that, I mean, I think generally, if you were to look back, I would say Harley Davidson as a corporation has been very safe and potentially too safe for too long. And what I mean by that is maybe, you know, kind of being slow to the market with something new and taking a long time to develop something, maybe to perfect it. And, or maybe there's other reasons that we aren't aware of, but I mean, they were talking about the live wire in pre 2014 and it took, you know, four years to be on the showroom floor. And that, and that was already like, they were showing videos of it and talking about how the motor was actually going to be loud for an electric bike. So they've just been a really safe company. And I think in some areas, maybe that's kind of hurt them because they haven't followed the trends as closely as some of the OEMs. But I don't know. I, I, I see a shift coming and I still am kind of excited to see what's going to come out. It just means that I got to wait another two to four years. We will uh, it will definitely get on this topic again. I, maybe we should leave some some meat on the bones for the next time we bring it up because we know there'll be some changes. Uh, the 22nd is the next release when they're talking about the Pan America. Uh, and I think that'll that'll allow us to really kick off a, a longer discussion on on what we know more specifically uh, for these units. So so we can kind of look at it then. But I, I think I think you're right. Thing, things are coming. There's definitely some blood in the water for Harley and they're trying to go at it. I know you're going to be watching that. Uh, hopefully some other people will get, get involved to provide some feedback on what they think of that. I think you've also got somebody else, uh, you know, that we were talking about interviewing coming up here pretty soon regarding Harley Davidson. Maybe we'll wait till after the, the Pan America. I know we're planning on air, but uh, you know, well, I have it. <laughs> it's always the right way to do it. Well, I, I mean, I, I think it's kind of a heads up that it's coming and it holds us accountable to it too. So uh, I, Maybe be a good time end of month to to try to get that guy on. I think that'd be an awesome guest to have. Yeah, we've got a a buddy down in Kentucky does does some awesome scrambler uh, adventures and things like that. That uh, that seems to be pretty passionate about these changes we heard about last week. So, um, yeah, you know who you are. Shout out. We'll <laughs> uh, we'll get you on air and uh, and we'll talk about it. But you know, I th- I think we should save a little meat for that conversation because I think uh, I think we may deep dive in there as well as I kind of want to you know, learn more about some of the events put on in, in that area. We, we kind of don't get the same uh, type of off-road adventures here in the Northwest. So I've got all kinds of fun, fun discussion topics there. But nonetheless, uh, we appreciate everybody tagging along this week. Um, we don't want to take too much more time and, and save some stuff for next week. But we've got some things on the line. We continue to tease that. And, and you'll actually find out one of these days once we can uh, get out and, and do some of it here in the Northwest. But 
look forward to talking with you next week. Thanks for checking us out. Uh, make sure you check out the, uh, the Facebook page, slackermoto.com, and we will, uh, we'll talk at you then. Until next time, ride on. Mm-hmm.